Welcome to Helping Challenging Children. This podcast is for adults who want to understand why children behave the way they do and how to support them to increase their ability to self-regulate and to become more independent. My name is Dr. Pat McGuire. I'm a developmental and behavioral pediatrician and I have been working with these children for over 30 years and I can tell you that with the right support, they all do great. So enjoy these podcasts and hopefully you learn a little bit each time. Greetings. I'd like to look at the issue of literacy and prisons on this podcast. According to the American English Doctor website, the goal of a free and public education is to educate children of all economic classes to the level of basic literacy. This would put them at the eighth grade level skill at the end of 12th grade. This goal is a significant reason why colleges are saying that students are not coming to college able to work. It is also why students who have reasons to struggle, be it learning problems or poverty with associated adverse childhood experiences, don't do as well and tend to fall behind. According to studies, 70 to 80% of students with poor reading skills have dyslexia. Dyslexia is known to affect one student in five. If you don't know what dyslexia is, it is a neurologic language-based disorder. It is not flipping letters. It is not reading things backwards. It is a difficulty with the ability to make sense of sounds in language. And that's called phonemic skills. A study published by Texas Medicine Journal uh, in 2000 found that 80% of prison inmates were functionally illiterate and 47.8% were deficient in their single word attack skills, which is found in individuals with dyslexia. They also found that two thirds of the inmates scored poorly on reading comprehension, which would impact their ability to understand documents that they had to read relating to their incarcerations. So why isn't anything being done? Well, There have been efforts to stop the school to prison pipeline. Even leaders of our states have noted the connection. The Governor's Foundation of Tennessee made the following statement. Illiteracy and crime are connected. The Department of Justice states, the link between academic failure and delinquency, violence and crime is welded to reading failure. Over 70% of inmates in America's prisons cannot read above a fourth grade level. Tennessee has a robust early literacy program in partnership with Dolly Parton to try to fight literacy problems. This program goes statewide and covers children from birth to age five, sending books to them every single month. In 2013, research in Shelby County and Knox County, Tennessee, found that the Imagination Library participants outperformed their peers in kindergarten assessments through third grade. But how is the rest of the nation doing? What are the students' risks for ending up involved in the legal system? Good questions, I'm glad you asked. According to the National Assessment of Adult Literacy, 
two-thirds of students who cannot read proficiently by the end of fourth grade will end up in jail or on welfare. Also, 85% of all juveniles who interface with the juvenile court system are functionally low literate. Now, this isn't a new problem. In 1994, the literacy behind prison walls was published by the National Center for Educational Statistics or NCES. There is wise, widespread agreement that we as a nation must respond to the literacy challenge, not only to preserve our economic vitality, but also to ensure that every individual has a full range of opportunities for personal fulfillment and participation in society. At a historic summit, educational summit in Charlottesville, Virginia, again, this was around 1994, the nation's governors, which included then Governor Clinton, met with then President Bush to est establish a set of national educational goals that would guide this country into the 21st century. As adopted in 1990 by the members of the National Governors Association, one of the six goals states, by the year 2000, every adult American will be literate and will possess the knowledge and skills necessary to compete in a global economy and exercise the rights and responsibilities of citizenship. I can tell you that we didn't make it. In fact, the most recent data from the National Center for Educational Statistics shows that 73% of adults read at or below eighth grade level, with 23% being at a functional literacy level, meaning that they have learned to recognize street signs and other needed functional words, but can't really fill out a job application. One half of adults at a basic literacy level can't read a book written at an eighth grade level, which is due to the complexity of sentence structure and more abstract concepts. But it's not just word decoding skills. Students and adults need to read sentences, paragraphs, and books or documents with understanding. The literacy test for students, and especially adults, look at three types of literacy, which put different demands on thinking skills. There is prose literacy. This is the knowledge and skills needed to understand and use information from texts that include editorials, news stories, poems, and fiction. There is document literacy. This is the knowledge and skills required to locate and use information contained in everyday materials, such as job applications, payroll forms, transportation schedules, tables, and graphs. And then there is quantitative literacy. This is the knowledge and skills required to apply arithmetic operations, either alone or sequentially, using numbers embedded in printed materials. For example, balancing a checkbook, figuring out a tip, or completing an order form. So if we look at what an eighth grade readability looks like, we need to look at basic and proficient levels. We won't even go to advanced levels since less than 10% of students achieve that skill. So a basic eighth grade level of reading, the students should demonstrate a literal understanding of what they read and be able to make some interpretations. 
when reading texts appropriate to eighth grade, they should be able to identify specific aspects of the text to reflect an overall meaning, extend the ideas in the text by making simple inferences, recognize and relate interpretations and connections among ideas in the text to personal experience, and draw conclusions based on the text. Now, a proficient eighth grader should be able to show an overall understanding of the text, including if inferential as well as literal information. When reading text appropriate to eighth grade, they should be able to extend the idea in the text by making clear inferences from it, by drawing conclusions, and by making connections to their own experiences, including other reading experiences. Proficient eighth graders should be able to identify some of the device, devices authors use in composing texts. Now, most of the adults in our country are having problems with these. They're more at the basic eighth grade level, not at the proficient. So what can be done to both prevent this from happening and to help students who are missed and end up as juveniles or adults in the prison system? First off, we can decrease the numbers entering the legal system by a significant amount if we look at the reasons for literacy problems. Children of adults with low literacy skills are 72% more likely to be at low reading level in school, according to pro-literacy. Two out of every 10 children enter kindergarten with skills two to three years lower than their grade level. And another two start school with a one-year disadvantage, according to the Children's Reading Foundation. Students who are behind typically make only one year's growth of progress at each grade level, and that keeps them behind their classmates throughout school and makes them more likely to repeat grades. Poverty plays a significant role in whether children develop literacy skills during their early years. Some 22% of children in the U.S. live in poverty, according to the Seattle Post-Intelligencer. Some 43% of adults live in poverty and have low literacy levels. About 80% of children living in economically disadvantaged communities will lose their reading skills over summer breaks due to a lack of access to books and other resources. And this is according to Reading is Fundamental. Ethnicity is also a factor. About 52% of black fourth grade children and 45% of Hispanic fourth graders score below basic reading levels compared to 23% of white students, according to NCES assessments. Much of this can point back to poverty, homelessness, and parents not making education a priority due to their, their stress of just trying to survive. As mentioned earlier, one in five children have some degree of dyslexia which makes word attack skills difficult. They need direct instructions on phonemic and phonologic awareness and how to link those to the alphabet letters, which is called orthography. Many schools don't have adequate resources to increase the amount of direct reading intervention instruction. Many schools use the philosophy of whole language, which encourages guessing based on pictures in the text and the words around the ones they're reading. This does not build word decoding skills, which are essential for new words 
and especially for words with multiple syllables. Children who are low income are more likely to not have access to books at home and may not be able to access their community libraries. I know I haven't covered it all, but I want to look now at what we can do. Early literacy programs are very important and they revolve around teaching parents how to use lots of language around their infants and small children. We need to remember that reading is simply language placed on paper. The more parents and others talk to children, describing what they're seeing and playing with and doing rhymes and songs with them, the better their skills, their language skills become. The skills you can teach parents about at well-child visits include in talking to and with your child, singing to and with your child, pointing out letters and words on signs and labels around the house or in the grocery store, name letters and make their sounds, Showing the child that reading is fun and relaxing by reading stories together and asking the child questions about the stories. And also, as, as parents can, make books available at home or by taking trips to the library, community family centers, neighborhood lending libraries, wherever they can find them. Now, the last two items may require help from community foundations if parents can't afford to buy books and can't access the community libraries. One program that has numerous pediatricians involved is called Reach Out and Read. Reach Out and Read integrates books and support around shared reading in the pediatric primary care at over 6,100 pediatric clinics and institutions around the US. These books are given at each well-child visit and they're free to the parents. They get their funding from many different sources. Now, it is important to realize that Reach Out and Read has made a difference. There's evidence that the, uh, in children's lives that have found that families participating in Reach Out and Read read more frequently to their children. Children exposed to Reach Out and Read had higher receptive and expressive language scores. Increased exposure to Reach Out and Read led to larger increases in language scores, and children had higher scores on the home literacy orientation when home visitors uh, saw them. There are also online resources for some free books that range from early childhood to middle school age or older. A list of 14 possible sites can be found at this website, which is www.thepennyhoarder.com, and that's T-H-E-P-E-N-N-Y, H-O-A-R-D-E-R.com slash save dash money uh, slash free dash books dash for dash kids. One of these sites is Amazon, which has some free Kindle books if the family has access to a phone, tablet, or computer with internet access. Another site, which could be useful for parents or children, is logicaldollar.com, which is L-O-G-I-C-A-L-D-O-L-L-A-R.com uh, slash free-books-mailed-to-your-home. These will be tradi traditional books, not eBooks or Kindles. So it'll work for families who don't have internet or co uh, computer access. Looking at our schools, there's a dire need for tutors to help struggling students. Many of these tutors are volunteers or are paid by the district for at-risk populations. 
finding out if your school or district has this would be important to being able to help these children. The more help they can get, especially helping them to learn about the sound symbol connections of decoding, the better they will do. Advocating for schools to look at the science of reading and following that will help students. The NICHD-led National Reading Panel, formed by Congress in the late 1990s, reviewed decades of research about reading and reading instruction to determine the most effective teaching methods. The panel's analysis show that the best approaches to reading instruction have the following elements. Explicit instruction in, in phonemic awareness, so awareness of sounds and language. Systematic phonics instruction, which deals with the connection of sounds and letters. Methods to improve flu fluency, which I'm struggling with, and ways to enhance comprehension. There needs to be a push for not just passing by students who don't meet benchmarks so the teachers can move on to more advanced lessons. I know that's not their choice. It's kind of the pressure of the system. Uh, students who are struggling need extra attention early, which will require the schools to modify their curriculum and days to make sure students get the fundamentals if they are gonna be able to tackle more advanced materials that require these skills. We need to remember that if a child is struggling to read in reading class, they will also be struggling in math, social studies, science, and even art class. We need to make the investment now in our children. If we don't, we'll continue to see many of them ending up in trouble as juveniles, and even later as adults in jails and in prisons. That becomes a significant emotional and economic drain on our society. We can reverse a great deal of it, but it requires being willing to make changes at early educational levels so that students are literate and feel as if they had a chance. Now, what do you do if they do end up in prison? We need to advocate with the justice system to get literacy programs into our prisons and our jails. There have been many improvements in how prisoners have uh, done when they can advance their literacy skills. If we wanna decrease the rate of recidivism, which is repeat performance, repeat entry into the system, we have to give them skills that will allow them to fill out job applications and do different job skills that they can't do right now. We can't just let them have a revolving door, which is not gonna help them or us. So my call to you is to look at what your community has going and help advocate for more interventions, really strong at the early end, but definitely even at, after they, they've ended up in the justice system so that they can hopefully get out of the system and stay out of the system. 